Thanks for joining us online today. If you'd like to be a part of the conversation, we would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We hope that you enjoy the message. Next Level Church, good to see you this weekend. Let me welcome all of our locations. Fort Myers location, welcome to you. Whatever service you're in watching, Gateway, Coconut Point, welcome to you guys as we conclude the last week of our Slam Dunk series. What an incredible series this has been the last five weeks. We've, um, we've covered a lot of ground and we've talked a lot about the game of basketball and pulled some Bible principles from it and just really had a lot of fun uh, over the last several weeks. And we are going to conclude that here this weekend and I'm excited to do that with you. We've talked about our past and how our past plays in the, in the game of life, how we don't have to sit on the bench anymore in order to be used by God regardless of our past. We talked about five shots that we take in the game of life that Pastor Matt did an incredible job with just last weekend. Pastor Mark Batterson, a guest speaker, came and spoke to us as well. Just an incredible, incredible series. But we're going to finish on this one last topic in the game of basketball as March Madness comes to a close in the final four this weekend. And we're going to talk about the full court press. We're going to talk about the full court Press, we're going to spend this weekend talking about stress, how to handle stress. Come on, anybody in any of our locations, you're living, you're a little stressed right now in your life. It's okay. Confession's good for the soul. If you didn't raise your hand, by statistic, you're lying. So, because um, everybody's a little stressed in the world we live in today. I believe that the truth is we're living in a world that's um, every year seems to be a little more stressful to live in that two years ago and last year and this year we find ourselves more stressed than ever before in our lives with things to do and places to be and things to get done and deals to make and people to impress and we just live in this world where we're stressed and I think the world tells us that that's just that's just what it is that's that's life life is going to be stressful there's no way around it. and here on this closing part of our slam dunk series I'm here this weekend to tell you that I actually think the Bible contradicts that statement that we have to live a life that's full of stress. I believe that the Bible actually has a lot to say about this idea of being stressed. The, those of us that are here this weekend and we are followers of Jesus Christ, we believe the Bible is the inspired word of God, which means we believe that what's in it is true. And the way I read the Bible and what we're going to talk about this weekend is that we are not actually supposed to live a life that's stressed. We're actually supposed to live a life that's full of peace. And the Bible has a lot to say about this peace that passes all understanding and that, yes, there will be stressful seasons. Yes, there will be stressful days, but we should never live a life that's full of stress. So this weekend, we're going to talk about how to handle the full court press, the full court press in the game of basketball. Any basketball fans, you know what the full court press is. Um, you're familiar. It's when a team scores a basket and the other team jumps in their face, starts guarding the ball real heavily. You can't do it the whole game because you'll wear yourself out. So most teams do it towards the end of a game when they're down by a point or two. When that team scores, they start jumping in people's face. They start denying the pass lanes. They start going a little crazy, trying to get the other team to make a mistake, to turn the ball over, to throw the ball out of bounds, to dribble it off of their foot, to 
make a, a bad play so that they can get the ball back and try to score. And I think that that's true in our life today, isn't it? Isn't it true that a hurried pace is messing up our minds today? That we live in a world that says, go, 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 and we go home and we just don't have peace of mind. That is it true in our life that we're running around and maybe we're throwing the ball out of bounds in a few places of our life because we're living under stress, we're living in the full court press in our lives and we're throwing the ball out of bounds in different areas of our lives, we're dribbling the ball off our foot in different areas of our lives, we're making mistakes in different areas of our life because the world says the only way to live is to have a full court press on your life. So this weekend, we're going to talk about what the Bible has to say about stress. And before we do that, I think we have to answer some questions about what makes us stressed in our life. I think if you're here this weekend, you're going to look at this list and you're going to go, yeah, that's me, that's me, that's me, not me, that's me. But I think there's a list of things in our life that make us stressed. Number one, I think relationships make us stressed, don't they? Whether it's friendships or relationships that we have in families, they, relationships can make us stressed. Conflict makes us stressed. That conflict in relationships, conflict in business deals, conflict with our kids, it makes us stressed. Um, single people are going, I'm not married. That makes me stressed. Married people are going, I'm married. It makes me stressed. <laughs> Deadlines make us stressed. Projects that are due, timelines that are coming. Some of you look at your calendar this week and know there's a project or a bid or something that's due, a graphic, a video that you're designing, students in college, maybe something's coming up that you know there's a deadline to and that makes you stress. Legal problems make us stressed. Business owners, businessmen, businesswomen, you know what I'm talking about. That maybe you're dealing with a lawsuit right now for something you didn't do, but you're having to go to court for it or sit with lawyers and it can make us stressed in our life and you're losing sleep at night and you're grinding your teeth at night and you're stressed because of legal problems. Divorce makes us stressed, doesn't it? For those of us who are divorced, it still seems that we're stressed because of that divorce, even 10 years, 20 years later, and some of us are on the verge of what we would say is a divorce, and it's stressing you out in your life. For some of us, we think that getting a new job will make us less stressed, but we get a new job, and it makes us stressed, and then we look back at our old job, and we go, well, I was stressed there, too, so work <laughs> makes us stressed. Illness stresses us out, doesn't it? Some of us, we have diabetes. Some of us have lifelong illnesses that we've had to figure out in our life. And maybe a family member is struggling with an illness right now, and it just throws off our day-to-day -day normal life, and it stresses us out. Parenting, can I get a better amen from the parents in the house this weekend? Amen. Parenting, I have a three-year-old right now. I'm stressed out of my mind. I think that the Lord's idea of growing the fruit of spirit in our life is what we would call from age two to five, bedtime. Bedtime makes me stressed right now. It's, I'm going to hide under the bed. No, I don't want to hide under the bed. No, I don't want to brush my teeth. I don't want to flush. I don't want to put on my pajamas. I don't want to go to sleep. Daddy! 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 Yes, Kaylee. I'm hungry. Are you? Are you? You just ate three chicken nuggets and an entire thing of macaroni and cheese with grapes and then had dessert and 30 minutes later you're hungry. Come on parents, can I get a better amen that we're stressed? Here's the deal. All of you go, well Kyle, just so you know, it doesn't get any easier. Wait till they become a teenager. Listen, the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. I need to hear some good news about parenting. Stop telling me all the bad news about parenting. Expectations of others in your parenting stresses you out. Right? Expectations of others, doesn't it stress us out? 
expectations of friends, expectations of bosses, expectations of in-laws, of our parents, expectations of our kids or our spouse stresses us out. Unresolved sin stresses us out in our life. That anywhere you're living in sin and it's in the dark, you walk around stressed out. And then ultimately, March Madness brackets have us going crazy right now, don't they? Anybody else like South Carolina who? How are you in the final four, South Carolina? It makes no sense. We're all stressed because of our March Madness brackets, but there's this list of things that we're stressed about, isn't it? When we look at that list, I can't imagine that you don't see six or seven, maybe ten things on that list that every single day that are a reality. And the truth is, they are a reality. If we're married, then we have to have somebody else in our life that we have conversation with and figure things out with and love no matter what season we're in. If we're parents, we have to parent. If we're a business owner, we have to deal with legal problems. If we're someone that's single, we're worried about finding that person that, that we can marry. These are all realities in our life. And here's the problem. We know this, don't we? We know we're stressed. The number one question, the number one answer I get back to the question in our foyer, in our office space, if I see you out at Publix or at a ball game, the number one answer I get back when I ask the question, hey, how you doing? It's, oh, yeah, yeah, we're good, we're good, we're good. And after you take five seconds to play off that you're good, I usually don't say anything, I just keep looking at you, and then you go, well, I mean, we're a little stressed right now, we're a little stressed. We have a lot going on. We have a lot of things going on right now. You know, just the kids and the sports and the, I mean, my husband's traveling a lot. You know, I, you know this. I'm just, I'm just, we're just financially, we're, we're a little stressed right now. We know this. We know that we're living in a stressful world. We know that we add things onto our life and our calendar and into our world that stress us out. But for some reason, we don't apply what the Bible says about this idea of stress. And if it's true that God's best for us is not to live a stressful life, but a peaceful life, then we have to figure this thing out. So the question becomes, what do we do? What do we do if we find ourselves stressed? What I would say is 90 plus percent of us here this weekend would say, if I ask you how you're doing, if you were being honest, you would look back at me and go, yeah, we're just a little stressed. Right now, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 24, it says this, an intelligent person aims at wise action. But a fool starts off in many directions. That a wise person, an intelligent person, aims at wise action, but a, a fool is going a thousand different directions. Here's a big thought for you this weekend. Maybe this will help explain that verse a little bit. The difference between the truth I know and the truth I apply equals the stress that I experience. That the truth that I know and the truth that I apply equals the stress that I'm actually experiencing. Take a look at this graph. Maybe this will make sense. Here's the deal. We live in a world that's knowledge is not the problem, is it? We can read our Bible. We can watch podcasts. We can watch TED Talks. We can uh, Facebook. We can go on the internet. We have friends that can tell us what to do. We are a world that's never been easier to gain knowledge in our life. Am I right? Knowledge, just over amounts of knowledge in our life. But then there's actually what we apply with that knowledge. 
that when it comes to the Bible and when it comes to every single one of us that attend Next Level Church on a fairly regular basis and you read your Bible and you hear messages like this and you're in a group or you serve and other people around you are trying to keep you accountable in your life, that you're gaining knowledge or biblical wisdom, but then it really comes to application. And the distance between knowledge and application is what we experience with stress. That just because we know something does not mean that we're going to be less stressed because we're not applying it to our life. Maybe some areas of our life look a little bit like this, that when they start to overlap, that, that knowledge and application, when we take the wisdom that we have and apply it to our life, that's actually where peace comes into the game. That any area, if it's true that the Bible is the inspired word of God, that if we actually apply it to our life, that knowledge and application starts to become peace. But the goal is, is that we take everything that we know and we apply it to our life because knowledge plus application equals peace in our life. Maybe it'll help if we see some different areas of our life. Maybe your finances look like this. Maybe you know the knowledge that you need to know, a financial series at Next Level Church, a Dave Ramsey class that you've been a part of, a book that you've read or a blog that you've started to read about finances, and you know that you need to get out of debt, you know that you need to budget, you know that you need to save, you know that you need to tithe to the church, you know all this stuff, but if you take all that knowledge and don't apply it, then you're going to have stress in your finances. Maybe other areas of your life with your marriage look like this, that you hear us talk about what the Bible says about marriage and how you have to have conversation and you need date nights and other things in our marriage. And maybe you've applied a few of those things and you experience peace two or three nights a week in your marriage, but the other four, they're stressful. Is it possible that it's just because there's a lack of application to the knowledge that you've acquired? Maybe in another area of your life, it's your relationship with God that there's some peace here because you're reading your Bible on a fairly regular basis. You're soaping. Uh, you've been baptized. You come to church three out of four weekends a month. That You're here, and there's some peace there, but maybe there's some other places of knowledge over here that you need to serve, and you haven't chosen to do that. You know that you need good relationships in your life, but you don't have time for a group because you're stressed with all the other things that you have to do, so you're stressed in your life. Maybe there's the financial things that God's asked you to do, but you haven't done them, so ultimately you have stress in your life, but anywhere where there's knowledge without application, there's stress. Anywhere with knowledge with application, there's peace. Maybe there's a new job that you've got recently, and the training that you've been doing with that new job has been good, and, and you're applying that to your new job, and you like your new job, and you're learning from your coworkers, and every night that you come home, you're gaining clients, you're doing well, and you come home full of peace because you've actually taken the knowledge you've been given through training, applied it to your job, and it equals peace in your life. That is it possibly true that if the Bible's the inspired word of God, that anything that we know and we actually apply, therein lies the peace that passes all understanding instead of stress. And knowledge that we have that we do not apply is the distance between that is the stress we will experience. So what happens when we're stressed? Why is this important? Why do we need to know this? Why does it matter at all? Because the truth is stress actually has a big effect on our life. There's some things that stress does in our life when we're experiencing anxiety or stress in our life. And I'd love for you to take some notes for things specifically that stress does in your life. Number one, it's our decision making is worse. Our decision-making is worse. Come on, right now, in all of our locations, maybe you've made some decisions recently that haven't been that great. Is it possible it's because you're overwhelmed and you're stressed and therefore it's messing up your decisions? I, uh, it was probably two years ago. 
um, two, two and a half years ago, Kaylee was like one, one and a half, and my wife Jennifer was at a worship practice, I believe, at, at the church, so it was a Thursday night, and there was a game on, I think it was a Thursday night college football game, and so I invited Pastor Josh, our Fort Myers campus pastor, and Reuben Lohr, who's on our staff, over to my house, and Kaylee went to bed about 7.30, they showed up right after that, and we watched the first half of the game, so it's about nine o'clock, and what we realized is, is that we didn't, we didn't have any food, we didn't have any food in our house, and we didn't think about ordering food, and, and we were like, well, man, we're hungry. What do we do? And we, it's such a good game. Like, we don't want to miss the game. It was a great game, and we're like, we don't want to miss the game, so we have a little bit of time. So somebody's like, well, let's go get some food. And I'm like, awesome. So we all get in the car. <laughs> and we pull out of the driveway. And about a half a mile down Stony Brook Drive, I slam on the brakes, and I'm like, Kaylee's in the bed asleep. Nobody's home. <laughs> And Josh goes to pull out his hair, but he doesn't have any. So he was like, what do I do? And I'm like, turn around, man. We got to go home. So we get home. My wife shows up after worship practice. like, how's it going? We're all like, great, honey. It's great. It's good. Yeah, it's great. Everything's going great. We're just watching the game. Just been hanging out. She's like, oh, good. Did Kaylee go down well for sleep? Absolutely. She's been out for hours. She's fine. She's fine. You just go back to your room. Enjoy. You just go, go, go do your thing. We're good in here. We got Kaylee. Totally good. Totally good that... In the midst of that moment of like stress of how do we get back to the game, we're hungry, and what do we need to do? And we ran out the door, and all of a sudden we made a terrible mistake. Look what Proverbs chapter 19, verse 2 says. It says, a person in what? Hurry. Say it with me, all of our campuses. A person in hurry makes what? Mistakes. Is it possible that the mistakes that we're making in our life right now have everything to do with the pace of life in which we're living? Is it possible that the mistakes we're making in our marriage, the mistakes we're making in our parenting, the mistakes we're making at work, the mistakes we're making in our relationship with God have everything to do with the pace in life? That we're always in a hurry, so we're making mistakes. When it comes to our life and when we're stressed, we make mistakes more often. Number two, it's our emotions are everywhere. Our emotions are everywhere. All the men are like, amen, brother, tell her. Fellas, our emotions are everywhere when we're stressed. Fellas, we have emotions too. And some of us are not understanding why we're angry so quickly or we're so short with our spouse or we're sharp with our kids. Is it possible that your emotions are everywhere because you're stressed out in your life? The very thing you're trying to do, which is provide for your family, you're working so much that it's stressing you out. So when you come home to the people you're providing for, you're the shortest with them because you're stressed. Look what the book of Job says, chapter 9, verse 25. My days are swifter than a runner. Man, I'm just moving and going. I'm knocking things out. I got so much going on. I got the girls to dance practice and ballet practice. Got my son to baseball practice. Got him home. Did the homework. Got dinner cooked. I made this deal at Java. Woo, we're just flying. But they fly away without a glimpse of what? Joy. Anybody in such a hurry in your life? where your days are so swift that you're just running around doing a thousand things, but they're flying right by you without joy? What's the point? What's the point of doing a thousand things if you're not enjoying your life? Our emotions can be everywhere because we're running around like crazy, but God's best for us is that we live in peace and we experience true 
joy. Number three, what does a stressed life do to us? It's our productivity actually starts to drop. Our productivity actually starts to drop. My, my granddad was, had, a, had a bark plant in South Alabama. He had a bark plant and a lumber company. And he loved taking me out to the lumber yard from time to time. And he, he like some people collect cars, some people collect baseball cards, some people collect coins. My, my, my granddad collects saws. He like collected saws. Like if you went and opened up his garage, there'd be like saws everywhere. Like, and I'm like, and he always wanted to tell me about him. I didn't care, but he was my granddad, so I listened. Um, that's what good grandkids do, right? We just listen. So uh, he was telling me all about his saws and this whole deal. And I remember him teaching me a principle that I think is applicable to us this weekend. It's that, you know, what happens in, in the, the, the world of that, like cutting down trees for a bark plant in the lumber yard, is that most people think that the more we just keep cutting, the more, product, the more productive we'll actually be. But there's a principle in that world, and it's called actually pausing and sharpening your axe. And that most companies think that, no, 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 we just got to keep going, got to keep going, got to keep going. If we actually took two hours to sharpen our axe, then we won't be as productive than if we just keep going. And the truth is, is if you'll take two hours to sharpen your axe, you'll cut down way more trees than the people that don't get the two hours back that just keep going. And is it possible in our life that we're not slowing down enough to sharpen our axe in our marriage, sharpen our axe in our parenting, sharpen our axe in our budgets and finances at our home, Sharpen our acts and our business plan because we think actually going and moving and doing more and doing it faster is more productive. But God would say, no, 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 slow down. Because if you'll actually take time to sharpen the areas of your life, you'll be more productive on the other side. Look at the book of Proverbs chapter 21. It's the message version. Careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. Hurry and scurry puts you further behind. Well, Kyle, that makes no sense. You're telling me if I do less, I'll be ahead, and if I keep running hard, I'll be further behind. That makes no sense. Kyle, you're telling me that if I don't do home showings all weekend, that I'll be further ahead and not less behind. If I miss a Saturday doing open houses, I'll be further ahead than Further behind, Kyle, you're telling me if I don't answer that call at 8 o'clock on Tuesday night when I'm supposed to be with my kids with that client, that I'll be further ahead and not less behind? It makes no sense. I just happen to think our God is bigger than one phone call. I think our God's bigger than one open house. It's just like the principle of the tithe, that it makes no sense that God can do more with our 90% than we can do with our 100%. It makes no sense. That's why it's called a supernatural principle, because we serve a supernatural God. I don't want to serve a regular God. If that's the case, what are we serving? What are we doing? But if you want supernatural things to happen in your life, then you have to believe in supernatural principles that in the logic don't make sense. But if it's true that the Bible is the inspired word of God, then slowing down will put us ahead in the long run. But if we keep moving at the pace in which we do, getting more done, getting more clients, in more meetings, our kids in more activities, it'll actually put us further behind. Number four, if you're taking notes this weekend, what does a stressed life do to us? It actually makes our relationship with God seem distant. It makes our relationship with God seem distant, that when it comes to our relationship with God, we can be moving a thousand miles an hour and we're wondering where 
he's at. Is it true and is it possible that God's speaking to you way more than you think he is? You're just so busy you can't hear him? It's like me and my daughter right now. Like, I don't know about anybody else that parents right now. Dear Lord, Mohana, sing, and trolls is like on repeat in our house right now all the time. And they're all singing movies, so there's songs on everywhere. I literally walk around and hear them in my head all day long, like stressed out of my mind. I'm like, if I hear it one more time, I'm going to go crazy. So it's like my wife being back in the back room and that movie being on, and it's playing loud, and we're having a good time. Kaylee's dancing. I'm watching her. I'm taking pictures of her, taking video of her, having a great time. And my wife's hollering something important from the back room, but I can't hear it because there's too much noise in our life to actually hear the voice of God. He's speaking way more than we're hearing. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 6. It says, And yet, better to have one handful with quietness than two handfuls with work and chasing the wind. Better to have one handful with quietness. Better to have one handful with God, better to have one handful where we're slowing down, better to have one handful when we don't answer that phone call or we don't check social media or we don't do that activity or we don't go to that birthday party because of the expectation of others. Better one handful of quietness than two handfuls of busyness, craziness, running around like crazy because hard work is really like chasing the wind. How many things at the end of our life are actually going to go with us to eternity? And we're working so hard, and the Bible says all those things will just be thrown in the wind and scattered at the end of the day. Better to have one full of quietness and intimacy with the Lord and intimacy with the people that are the closest to you. So what's the answer? That if it's true that the world is a stressful world we live in, if it's true that we're busy, if it's true that everything's coming at us a thousand miles an hour, and if it's true that those things right there are exactly what we're living in when it comes to our relationship with God and when it comes to our relationship with our spouse and with our friends and with our kids that we're going crazy and our emotions are everywhere and we're making mistakes and we feel distant from God, then, then what's the answer? That's what I love about the Bible. The Bible doesn't just give you problems, it gives you solutions, it's just that we have to actually take the solutions and apply them to our life. That's where we'll experience peace. Look at Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 through 11. It says, so there is a special, say it with me, rest. Still waiting for the people of God. If you're a follower of Jesus this weekend, you are a people of God. And there is a special rest. This is not sleep. This is not normal rest. This is a special rest for all who have entered into God's rest, have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world, that God created the world in six days and then took a, took a day and, and rested God's rest. And God's people can have this same type of rest. Verse 11, so let us do our best to enter that rest. So this is a choice. This is a choice that we make in our life. This is, this is something God's going, hey, I've got a supernatural thing for you called my rest. That yes, the world rests. They sleep. They sleep at night. They get seven or eight hours in. And some of us think if we're getting seven hours a night, then we're fine. We're rested. But then there's a rest that's supernatural that God gives us. But we have to actually make the choice to enter that rest. But if we disobey God, as the people of Israel did, we will fall. We will fail. 
Is it possible that areas of your life right now that are failing is because of a life that's too stressed, so therefore you're not rested well, and when you're not rested well, your emotions are everywhere, mistakes are happening, you feel distant from God? Is it possible that all that has to do with understanding the supernatural principle of God's rest? Could it be that simple? I think that it can, because here's the answer. The answer to a stressful life and not being stressed is, is simple, simply as this. It's keep the Sabbath day holy. It's keep the Sabbath day holy. And here's the deal. I think a lot of us think that if we come to church on the weekend, then we've had a Sabbath, that we worked Monday through Saturday or, 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 or Tuesday through Sunday, and we experienced church some way, shape, or form, and we came to church, and we think that that's a Sabbath. Listen, uh, this is not talking about a Sabbath hour. This is talking about a Sabbath day. Not a Sabbath half day, but a Sabbath full day. That the answer to living a life that's full of peace and a life that's not stressed like we're living under today is as simple as keeping the Sabbath day holy. Anybody else on Sunday? Get hungry. Get in the car. Cruise out. Know exactly what you're going to order. Pull into that place to realize they're closed. Blasted Chick-fil-A. I don't understand. Do you? It's a Christian company, Chick-fil-A. What do Christians do on Sunday? They go to church. What do they do when they get done with church? They go eat. Hey, Chick-fil-A, the most money you would probably make in the entire week is by being open on Sunday. How is it possible that Chick-fil-A is the most successful fast food restaurant in the world right now and they're only open six days a week? Is it possible that God's blessing the other six days more than he would the seven days if they just did it in their own strength? Is it possible that maybe you would make more sales if you took a day off than when you answered the phone calls from 2 to 6 o'clock on a Sunday? Is it possible that God would bless your life and multiply the areas of your life if you didn't answer all the calls at 6, 7, 8 o'clock during dinner when you're sitting at the table with your kids? Is it possible that it's just maybe, just maybe, we serve a God that's bigger than one deal, one phone call, one appointment, one activity, one sport? Is it possible that we serve a supernatural God, not a normal, natural, lowercase g God? We serve God with a big G at the beginning of it because that's because he's bigger and greater than anything else we could possibly imagine. That we serve a supernatural God. If we will keep the Sabbath day holy and enter into his rest, our lives, I promise you, will not be as stressed as they are today. So how do we do that? How do we do that practical-wise? How do we... How do we do that? That if that's the knowledge, then how do we apply it? Well, I'm going to give you the application here, and I think this is your homework this week when you go home. If you leave here and you go, that was a good message, and you don't talk about it or apply it at all to your life, there will be no results in your life when it comes to stress. But if you'll have a conversation around these next three points and a couple sub-points, I truly believe in the next 30 to 60 days, you're going to experience a peace that passes all understanding. How do we do it? Number one, we have to rest our body. We have to rest our body that, yes, this is not sleep. This is rest. This is not seven hours of sleep a night. This is a rest that we enter in with God. Some of us need to go get Jet's Pizza this weekend, go home, crush it, and take a nap. We need to rest 
our body. Look at Psalm 127, verse 2. It says, it is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. Some of us were working all day and all night to provide, and God goes, no, 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 no. That's just making you anxious. If you'll slow down and enter the rest that I have for you, your body will be rested, and you'll be able to accomplish more in the other six days than you are working so hard in seven days. Here's a question for you. When's the last time any of you took a nap? Well, naps are for kids. Maybe. I feel like the older I get, the more sleep I need. (laughs) How much are you sleeping? Number two, we need to refresh our soul. That we can rest our body, but then we have to refresh our soul. How do we do that? Three ways to refresh our soul this week. And number one, it's with quietness. Quietness. Come on, across this place, who wishes they just had five minutes of quietness and stillness a day? Can I challenge you? It's available to you, but you have to enter it. It's not going to just come to you. How about if the kids wake up at 7 o'clock on a normal day? What if you actually set the alarm for 640? And instead of letting the kids wake you up via the monitor, you actually got up via the alarm and from 640 to 7 just sat in quietness. And let the Lord restore your soul. Silence and solitude is a biblical principle. It is a biblical, um, it's, it's something that we, we learn to do. It's a principle that we have to learn. Look at Psalm 23. It says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. That God wants to refresh your soul, but you have to actually make time to do it. Other than that, it's enjoyment. It's enjoyment. What's your hobby? What's your hobby? What's a hobby? A hobby is anything that you're not good enough to make a job. That's what a hobby is. Whatever you're not good enough. Some of it's fishing, painting, writing. Some of you, it's reading a book. What is something that you can do where you can be completely disconnected so that your soul can be refreshed? Netflix does not restore your soul. It helps you disconnect from reality for a couple hours, but as soon as that show's over, you enter right back into reality. That does not refresh your soul. There's nothing wrong with disconnecting and watching Netflix, but if that's what you think you're using to refresh your soul, you're probably still pretty stressed. I'm trying to figure this out right now in my life, the whole hobby thing. Like, I... I, can't, I played sports my whole life, basketball, baseball. I can't find 18 guys to go play baseball with me on a Saturday. Like I don't, I'm, I'm trying to think of something that I can enjoy. I went to play paintball recently. A guy invited me on our staff. He's like, let's go play paintball. So I thought we were going to play sport paintball with like the blow-up things and stuff, like just, you know, fun. So I wore mesh shorts and a T-shirt. <laughs> Not even the funny part of the story. We got off of State Road 80, and we were out in the middle of the woods, and I got out of the car, and everybody's in full camo, <laughs> head to toe with helmets on. Every kid that plays 40 hours of Halo or Call of Duty, this must be their hobby. <laughs> They're all out at the same time. Sniper rifle paintball guns. Didn't even know that was a real thing. I have a rental that can't make it to row seven of your location. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> these guys are picking people off from like 200 yards, just like, dumb, like, just, I'm like, what is happening right now? So these two gamers that were on my team came up to me. How did I know they were gamers? Because they were. I could tell. And they were like, hey, man, you look fast. I'm like, do I? They were like, yeah, man, so there's this flag going to be right in the middle of where we're going. You, if you'll run and get that, 
our team can win. So after they tricked me by being like AB, AB, left R1 joystick, and they put in the code that tricked my mind to think that was the best thing to do, <laughs> I take off running, and I get the flag, and it's about the time I grab it, here comes the other team through the woods, and I mean people from 100 yards away just like, like flying by me. Like I have no idea what's happening right now. They are yelling words that don't make sense. Like, flank right, flank right. I'm like, recreational paintball people. This is supposed to be fun. This is not fun at all. It's not fun at all. Moral of the story, paintball's not my hobby anymore. <laughs> it might take you a few things to figure out your hobby, but here's the deal. Keep trying. Keep trying to find something that, that, that you enjoy doing that allows you to refresh your soul. Look at Proverbs 17. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. How much are you laughing in your life? A child laughs 300 to 500 times a day on average. An adult, 15. You're welcome for being at service this weekend. There's number nine. And ten. How much are you laughing in your, your life? The next part is people. It's people. How do, you, how do you do this part? How do you restore your soul? It's people. That's God's plan, to be an encouragement. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. Not giving up on meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. For some of us, we get stressed and we disconnect from people. But God says, no, 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 no. Be around people. If you're stressed, don't stay at home and watch the service online. Be at church and around other people. That when you're around people, God has created us to encourage one another. Number three, it's refocus your spirit. Refocus your spirit. Rest your body. Restore your soul. Refocus your spirit. Is it possible this weekend that we know a lot with the graph and we're not applying, so we're experiencing stress in our life? I think it's possible that some of us will go home and we'll apply a few things. We can't take a day off. Kyle, that's crazy. I, <laughs> I just started that job. Okay. You'll have stress in your life. Is it possible that if we went and applied everything that we knew from God's word about stress this weekend that we could actually enter into a peace and enter into a rest that's a supernatural rest of God? I believe that we can. I believe that we can. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Go have a conversation. Not a Sabbath hour, a Sabbath day. Put your phone away for several hours. Turn the email off for several hours. Actually create a day with nothing to do. Well, Kyle, what would we do? Nothing. Well, that, that doesn't make... Then remain stressed. I don't know any other way to say it. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm actually trying to put my pastor hat on to you. God's best for you is not to live a stressful life. It's to live a life full of peace and joy. So keep doing and stay stressed or apply and experience God's peace. This weekend in all of our services, all of our locations, would you just put your hands out on your lap? I know this is awkward for some of us, so fellas, let me just challenge you for a second. I remember doing this stuff was awkward, but would you just trust me for two minutes and put your hands on your lap? 
I believe God would want you to receive something this weekend. And our worship teams are going to sing over you here for a couple minutes. I don't want you to sing. I don't want you to stand. I want you to keep your eyes closed. And I want you to take some deep, deep breaths during this song. Because I believe what the Lord wants to do is he wants to wash away stress legitimately right off your fingertips like a river, like a mighty rushing river of peace right off your fingertips. I want to read this prayer over you out of Psalm 23. And I just want you to take the next few minutes and reflect. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death in some areas of my life, I will fear no evil, for he is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me, and he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. There's people in your life right now trying to make you stress, but he prepares a table for you to experience peace with them. He anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, if I apply this to my life, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus, wash over us this weekend. Give us a peace that passes all understanding. Like a river, God, rush from our head to our toe, right off the fingertips of our hands, Jesus. The anxiety and stress and pressure we're under, God, let us experience your love and peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for watching today. If your life has been impacted through this ministry, we would love to hear your story. Send us an email to mystory@nextlevelchurch.com. We're always encouraged to know how God is using this ministry to change lives. Also, if you want to support what God is doing here, you can do so through our website, nextlevelchurch.com. Your generosity is making an impact here and around the world. Thank you so much for joining us online and have a great week.